This is Hard Parking brought to you by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finney. Back in the studio. That's right. Had a good time. We had a great time in Toronto. Did not come back unscathed. Came back sick. Remember the last episode I was talking about how, uh, you know, the United States kind of, you know, for U.S. nationals, dropped the, the negative test. Wife got sick. Wife got sick the last weekend we were there. And uh, I knew it, man. We were riding our bikes on <laughs> riding our bikes on Saturday. And she was like way behind me. Like, slow down. Or when she was in front, I'd be like, dang, can you, what's up, this, can you hurry up? And it's not like I was in a rush, but I mean, you know, you like to, you know, riding a bike is like, like when you're driving on the highway, you just drive a comfortable speed. The flow of traffic. And she was slow. Now, these bikes that we rented, you know, I'll get into all that in a second. Anyway, so she got sick and I knew it. We were pretty good. Uh, I started getting a little sick, but I figured it's allergies because as you know, your boy's been sick like all year. Not Valley Fever, not in Canada. So I didn't think much of it. I mean, a part of me was like, eh, maybe, but again, you know my history, my history this year. But I knew with her, I was like, man, she has it. And if we have to take a test, her ass is staying in Canada. But it sucks for her because with her job, they're not allowed to log in international. She's in the financial business. With me, I was there for work. So... I had my laptop. I could have worked. In fact, I kind of did. But got back. was feeling all right. Coughing. Not too bad. Tuesday, though, man. Tuesday, it hit me hard. Tuesday, I was like, ugh. I was freezing. I said, babe, is it cold in here? She goes, no, it's just you. I go, it's freaking freezing. My knees hurt. My ankles hurt. Man, I knew it. Sure enough, woke up. I uh, said I had two negative tests. You know, Wednesday morning, I woke up and said, all right. I have the sniffles. My nose is ripe. Let me go ahead and swab myself. And of course, you know, those tests say like, give it 15 minutes, but you know, those of you who have been positive, those of you who have been around people that are positive, you know, within 30 seconds of administering that test and watching that little weird moisture meter rise. So it's been a rough week. I'm coughing a lot again. Throats are always irritated on the flow nays. Not that that helps with the COVID. Got some water right here and ready to go. I'm going to get into the, the vacation and, and a few other things. Had some interesting customer service experiences that I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about customer service in general. My life was customer service before cars, believe it or not. And after this quick message from Four Wheel Online, we'll get into it. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at Four Wheel Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's four wheel online, the number four wheel online. Okay, so let's talk about the actual trip. You know, we do this thing, you know, Marriott, I got points. 
we don't use the points, but I have status. And I usually book through Marriott because, you know, un- unlike a lot of the other hotels, I still have my status there. I've lost my Air- my American Airlines status. Lost, you know, I don't have Delta status. I don't have any other status really, but my car rental status and like Marriott. And so typically what we do is we book and then my wife comes into town or, and uh, she can check in her name on the reservation except for she made the reservation this time through her through her job because we should use my Marriott number but she made the reservation because they got a much bigger discount hotels in Toronto are expensive pretty expensive so she makes the reservation and I get this call I think I'm on the phone with my buddy and my phone rings and then she calls me like back to back and I go okay let me let you go she must need something maybe she's stuck at the hotel or something so I give her a call back. She goes, these people won't let me in. I go, what do you mean they won't let you in? They won't let me check in because you're not here. I said, well, she goes, did you put your name on the reservation? I go, well, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, you're the one who made the reservation. Did you put your name on the reservation? But she was pretty distraught. And I go, I don't know. I'm driving. As soon as I get in, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm almost at the hotel. I'll give the front desk a call. We'll figure it out. And she says, yeah, they said that you can't call them. Cause I asked them, they said, can he call? She's like, no, your name's on the reservation. We can't help you. I was like, that's weird. Not a very good customer service experience. So I parked the car, go inside the lobby. I give the hotel a call. This is the, uh, the Westin hotel, Harbor front, Toronto. Nice hotel. Very nice. Give the guy a call. He answers, just kind of explain, Hey, my name is so-and-so I'm calling. My wife is there trying to check in. She just got into town. I won't be there until tomorrow. The guy's like, okay, what's your uh, last four digits of, your, of the credit card on file? I'll give it to him. I think he asked me one other question because I didn't even have a confirmation number on me. He goes, okay, no problem, Mr. Finning. We'll go ahead and add her to the reservation. Tell her she could check in. I like, oh, wow. So the person I talked to obviously wasn't the person she talked to. So I give her a call back, and I'm like, hey, you know, I just called the front desk. They said you're good to go. You should be able to check in. She goes, okay, good. All right, that's fine. I, uh, I I just got something to eat them at the bar. I was stressed out. I just couldn't handle it anymore. I go, okay, cool, whatever. So when you get done eating, you should be able to go and check in. Everything's good. She says, okay, fine. Everything's good. Don't hear anything. Next day, I'm, uh, I leave work. I'm on my way out there. Get to the hotel. We have a great time. Like this weekend, we were – first off, Toronto has this cool thing where you can – they have this – and a lot of cities have this. I don't think we have it here in Phoenix, but – you know, they have a, they have bike stations like everywhere, not just on one long path. Like Chicago has the riverfront, and I have to believe if Chicago rents bikes, there's bike stations every whatever, or you rent a bike for the whole day. But the way Toronto has it, and again, there are probably other cities like this. I don't know. Again, we don't have it here. But they have these bike stations, and, you know, they're most of them are digital. So you sign up. It's almost like renting a, a scooter type of deal. So you sign up and you could pay for like a monthly subscription or whatnot. But their setup was $7 a bike, unlimited 30-minute trips, 24-7. Like 30-minute trips, what does that even mean? So we end up getting two bikes. First off, my wife's like, I rode a bike. That's what I did all day yesterday, you know, the day after she, uh, or when, you know, the day she couldn't, you know, check in or whatever. Or after she checked in, Sorry. Because I rode a bike all day, and she did all this really cool shit. She goes, what about, let's get bikes. I go, I don't want to, uh, I don't like bikes. Uh. 
Finally, she's like, what is it with you and bikes? I go, look, here's the deal. I don't like renting bikes in, in cities I don't know. I don't like riding them in and out of traffic. You got to keep your head on a swivel. No one's looking for you. You got to look for them. I just, and then there's the elevation changes in a lot of cities and it's just, you just, it's just, just tiring. I mean, come on. When we went to Key West, you guys remember that a few months ago, actually the first time I got sick this year and I haven't not been sick since. Yeah. That Key West, we rode far single speed bike, sweating our ass off. She works out. I don't work out. I spent most of my time trying to catch up to her. Fuck that. This time around, the bikes were different. $7. Unlimited rides, 24 hours, 30-minute intervals. So what that means is you have 30 minutes to get that bike to the next bike station. And then you can rack it, take your little scanner, unlock another bike, and go about your business. But it sounds inconvenient, but it's really not. Because most of the places you park a bike, like you ride, it's like an Uber, right? You ride the Uber to your destination, and the car doesn't wait for you. Somebody else calls Uber and uses the car. So after she convinced me to do this, the first day we did it, and we didn't do the app or nothing. I just used the credit card, had a little receipt to print it out. The instructions weren't that clear. Unlock the bike. They give you like a little bike code. It's like a little, I don't know, like a four four keys, like one, two, three, four. And so the you know, it's to unlock the bike, it might be like two, two, three, one or something like that. So we unlock the bikes, ride around, and we go to like Graffiti Alley, and we just go to a bunch of really cool districts in Toronto. What happens is when we dropped the first bike off, when we went to, we walked around for a couple hours, it was uh, uh, Kensington Street, which is super cool. It's like a Jamaican stuff and just all sorts of things. When we got back to the bikes, we couldn't unlock them. And then that bike station wasn't a digital station. I couldn't figure out how to do this. I was like, well, shit, I could either pay seven more dollars per bike, which, yeah, seven dollar rent. That's not bad. We got the money. But I ended up calling the number. You know, I got, I told the guy, you know, he asked me for my phone number. I gave it to him. He asked me for to confirm the last four, and then he he gave me like a couple of uh, passes to unlock the bike. So we unlocked the bikes and we're riding around and stuff like that. But eventually, we ended up just buying on the phone and downloading the app. Completely different game. With that, you just scan the code on the bike, just like you do a rental scooter, like those little, uh, like the bird scooters, which I haven't seen in a long time. Did they go belly up with the pandemic era? I wonder if they went belly up. I've seen a lot of other things, just not those. But we took them everywhere. It was cool. Had some dim sum, went to a distillery, went to a beach. So my wife had this thing. She goes, I want to go to the beach. I go, okay. There's a beach like right there. I said, all right. So we ride our bikes to this, and we're like almost there. And there's this giant boat, like a frigate, that's parked like right there. And I look, and this beach is kind of on the it's it's on the corner of the water, but it's not really a beach. It's like a giant sandbox. It looks like a beach in the photos, but when you hear a beach, you're thinking you can go from the sand to the water. Not this one. You can go from the sand to the landscaping timbers. If you want to get in the water, it's about a six-foot drop to the water. But then you good luck finding a place to get out of the water. So I made fun of her for that one for a while. But yeah, we biked around everywhere. We had, had really good food. So here's the deal. 
So she's getting sick as the weekend progresses. It's Father's Day weekend. She's feeling bad. Oh, sorry, I'm sick on Father's Day. Uh, not like you planned this. We're good. So we're supposed to leave Sunday. Sunday night. Sunday at like 5 something in the afternoon. We took the latest flight out of there because we don't like having to get up super early and catching the flight. Hindsight, we probably should have picked an earlier flight. Flight ends up getting delayed. Two or three hours. We realize we're going to miss our connecting flight in Salt Lake. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, do you want to leave Toronto knowing you're going to miss your flight in Salt Lake? So then all the stuff you checked on, you probably have to claim, get a hotel outside of Salt Lake, the airport, check back in in the morning because we're looking at other flights and like, well, we got flights early in the morning at like six o'clock. And we're like, nah, not really. We don't want to do that. If we're going to do that, then we're just going to stay overnight in Toronto one more time and we're going to leave tomorrow morning. So I end up picking a hotel, the Sheraton, super nice. Sheraton at the Toronto Pearson Airport. It's literally stuck to the airport, like right there. Like as soon as you get out of the hotel doors, so it's got the second floor and the first floor. The first floor is to the street. The second floor, which is where we were staying, which is the main lobby, goes directly to the gates. You walk out the double doors, you take the escalator down, and you are at ticketing. Like, you never go outside. It's like a 50-foot walk. It's crazy. The problem is the flight's at 6.15 in the morning. So we're thinking, okay, well, shit. How nuts could it be? So we set our alarm for like 4.15 a.m., which fucking sucked. We get down there about 4.40. Lines long as shit. Lines not moving, and they're long. So finally, when the line finally moves, we get to the front. Well, it's too late. You can't actually check your bag on. They didn't tell us they were boarding, but they were already boarding. Plus, there was about 300 deep in security. So now it's like, shit, okay. This is this is shitty. What else do we have that's going to Phoenix today? Mind you guys, this was 6.15 in the morning. The lady looked it up. She goes, uh, nothing. We can get you out on Tuesday. So that means one more night. In Toronto, we could stay another night at the at the airport, four hundred dollars a night. I was like, "All right, we're not going to be those people who stand there at the ticketing counter while there's five hundred people in line behind you, and you just stand there because you're trying to figure it out and you want the person in front of you to figure it out instead of you know getting the hell out of the way and letting the next person go so that they can check their shit on and get back and you know and get on their flight." So I was like, "All right, well." This is still like 6.15 in the morning. We'll just get a late checkout. So I stopped by the front desk. Thank God for my status. The late checkout is 4 p.m. Would have been happy with 12, I think, but 4 p.m. So we just chill. We're having breakfast after work. I log in, and we start looking for flights. No other flights that day. Sold out. No other flights from Delta. Find a flight on American. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's book this American Airlines flight. 4 o'clock. They got seats, booking it now, guaranteed, we'll chill, then we'll go down there around 2.30 because we want to be early based on the bullshit we just went through. So we're hanging out, end up going down there, she's getting more sick. I'm looking at her, she's coughing, I'm like, look, you better cut that shit out, we better, we gotta get you some medicine, we gotta get you something, because these people, they will rat you out, they're gonna look at you side-eyed, and then I'm gonna have to step away from you so they don't think we're together. Well, I don't want to get arrested. 
these Canadians are crazy behind this COVID shit. Wear a mask. So anyway, so anyway, we check out. We go down there. Plenty of time. Nobody. Nobody in ticketing. Nobody in security. Nobody. We were through, like, I bullshit you not. We checked in our bag, and we were through security within 10 minutes. 10 minutes. We didn't move three feet. We didn't move two. We didn't move one foot in 10 minutes that morning. So we get to security. American Airlines flight is delayed. Oh, are you shitting me? Flight was delayed. Over an hour. Go to the duty-free shop. Get our stuff. Of course. You know, liquor and stuff like that for people. And now it's at the point where we're sitting there in the in the gate. Oldest gate ever, by the way. There's nothing to do. Nothing to eat, nothing to drink. It's like a mile walk if you want to get anything other than a cup of coffee. Start getting notifications from American Airlines. You may miss your connecting flight in DFW. Now it's like, shit. Start looking for other flights. Nothing. No other flights to Phoenix on American Airlines until Tuesday from Toronto. We get more and more and more notifications. So now we have to make a decision. Now I'm like, shit. If we go to if we go to DFW and we have this duty-free bag, are we going to be screwed? Because if we have to spend the night in Dallas-Fort Worth, because Dallas-Fort Worth doesn't have any more flights to Phoenix after the connecting flight that we might miss, that means we have to leave the airport, and now I have two bottles of Glenfiddich. Now we got to figure out what to do with them, stuff them in something. Because once I leave the airport, I can't bring them back on. Bring them back in the airport, they're going to make me pour them out. My friend Yoshi bought me a bottle of something, and he... Once he got to Seattle, they made him pour it out because wherever he bought it from originally, I think the Philippines didn't put like that special duty-free wrap on there. I didn't want that to happen. So I found a flight first thing in the morning on Tuesday. Mind you, this is Monday night. We've been up since 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.15 in the morning. We're tired. Wife is sick. I'm starting to get sick, but I've been like kind of, fucking with being sick the whole time I was in Canada. So I really wasn't worried about it. I end up confirming on the next morning flight because with delays, it looked like we were going to board. Like by the time we got off the flight, the other connecting flight would have been already in the air. And it says we're going to supposed to, we're supposed to originally be two gates away when we landed. I was like, Oh, if we land, maybe we can run and we can get to the, get to the gate. But then they say, well, your, your flight is going to land in C. Originally, it was going to be B. And I'm like, shit, from B to C at DFW is like six miles. It's far. Like, you have to get on a train. You're crossing the highway, like 12-lane highway. Like, it's far. So now I'm like, shit. I'm not panicking, but I'm like, God, I got to make a decision. I make a decision. Ask my wife. Make a decision. Make a decision. So I booked that flight. We board the plane over an hour late. And I tell the pilot and the flight attendant, I said, hey, I'll buy you a stick of gum or I'll give you something if we get there on time. I was lying. It's just something you say. They said, well, we're going to try. (laughs) Dude flies. We land fast. So now we're like, holy shit, we have time. We don't have anything. I have my backpack. My wife has like one carry-on, but no roller boards because we checked our shit. And actually, we landed on sea. 
Like everything changed. It's like we weren't, we were still two gates away from the departing flight. So we walked past them. First off, I had to pee like really bad and I didn't dare stop. I don't want to risk it. We get there to the counter. They just started boarding. We're like, holy shit, yes. We go up to the counter. We wait. There's a girl scanning boarding passes. She's the only one there. We go, look, I'm sorry to bother you. We just came off a flight from Toronto. We were originally supposed to be on this flight, but I booked for tomorrow morning thinking we were going to miss this flight. And she goes, I'll take care of it. We're like, for real? You can get us on here? She goes, yep, I should be able to get you on here. We're like, fucking badass. You are awesome. You're the best. This was in boarding group one. By the time she got done doing everything because the computer didn't work, I screwed that up because I booked us on the next morning flight. And, of course, my wife's like, you shouldn't have hurried up. And, you, know, you shouldn't have just booked yourself. You should have just waited. Like, what do you mean? We just, we were up at 4 o'clock that morning, and there were four flights leaving to Phoenix the same day. And by the time we got through to the counter at 6.15, every other flight was sold out. Fuck, no, I'm not waiting. I'm booking that shit because we were already late. We're lucky to even got the, the airport on time to begin with. So by the time she got our paperwork done, we got our original seats back because we were about to be like 37D or some shit. We were the last ones aboard the plane, but we got on. And that girl from American Airlines, she fucking busted her ass and she's awesome. That was a good customer service experience. So we get home. I'm looking at the bill from uh, the Westin. I was like, what is this? What is this other fee? Like, what is this? Like $150. I don't, I didn't charge 150 bucks. I'm going to call him like, huh? I said, babe, what is this? She goes, oh, oh, I was stressed out when they wouldn't let me get in under the reservation. So I went to the bar and bought a bottle of uh, wine. My wife, my wife was so stressed out at the hotel, an expensive hotel. She went and bought a bottle of wine, hotel prices at the bar. Drink it all, too. Jesus. I said, oh, okay. Now, had that been me, I don't even need to finish that thought. But what I do need is some water. So I'm going to grab this drink of water, and you're going to listen to this Anchor commercial. Like, seriously, if you guys want to do a podcast, you want to figure out how to do this stuff, just listen to this commercial or hit that, you know, forward 30-second mark until you hear my voice again. Forgot to mention Toronto is windy as shit. I don't know if it's normal, but Toronto was windy. Super windy. Before I forget, there are more hard parking podcast t-shirts. They're very nice quality shirts. You can get it for $25 shipped. 100% of the proceeds goes to help grant a local child's wish. That is by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota, the official title sponsors of this podcast. If you want to figure it out, if you want to learn more, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. If you are international, I can't sell them to you for $25 ship because it's going to cost $25 to ship them to you. But I can still sell it to you. It's going to go to a good cause, and you get to advertise for me. I'll throw in some stickers. You could spread them all over the town like I said on the last episode. So I'm back at home. As you guys know, I... Actually, you don't know. Some of you don't. You guys just don't know what I do for work. I think I've talked about it before, but anyway, I started a new a new contract. Going th- as I'm wrapping up the the one that's in in Toronto or Hamilton, I'm starting a new contract for a uh, a dumpster fire in Boston. It's supposed to start Monday, but it was uh yeah, it's supposed to start Tuesday. So I call. You know, I'm talking to them and. I don't have my access yet. This is normal. It takes like a week to get provision and everything. 
So I get an email from the director, and he's like, hey, this is your, your, this is your login, your credentials, all that kind of stuff, your Citrix, blah, blah, blah. So I call the service desk because I can't get in. I do everything that the email tells me to do, and I still can't get in. Call the service desk, get this one girl, and start giving her my name and information, and the phone disconnects. AKH probably hangs up. Call back, get some other guy. Start telling him the information, da-da-da, and the dude starts cutting me off. He's like, who are you? I go, I'm a, I'm a contractor. I'm starting, you know, I, I work on the Epic project. I have all my credentials here. I can, whatever, tell me what you need from me and I can give it to you. But I can't get through Citrix. I can't get through online. I can't get through anything, essentially. And then he's just, he tells me the reason why I can't get in is because I don't, I'm not, I'm not certified or I have to go through their, he goes, have you gone through our training? I was like, uh, training? Yeah, you have to go through our training in order to get into our system. I said, um, no, I can't even log into your system. He goes, yeah, you have to go through training. Are you Epic? I go, well, I'm Epic certified. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're Epic certified or not. You have to be certified in our Epic. Have you gone through our Epic training? No, I can't. I, I can't even get into Citrix. I have to get into Citrix first. Like I can't even log into my, my Outlook. You know, here's my username. He goes, what's your username? What's your password? I was like, uh, I don't think I need to give you my password. I can give you my username. I have multiple usernames and my email address, basically everything you guys gave me. And he's just super militant, keeps cutting me off. I go, I'm just appalled. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this motherfucker? Like, I must be like the 10th person that's called that just doesn't know anything. Maybe. But I was like, look, I'm, uh, I go, what? I'm sorry, who am I speaking with? He goes, Che. I go, Che, how do you spell that? C-H-E. C-H-E, okay. Pause for a second, okay. Okay, okay, Che. I am on the Epic IT team. I'm IT. I'm not a clinical user. I'm IT, like you. I'm on the Epic implementation support team. So I work in Epic. My director is blah, blah, blah. I was given this information I need to get to log in. I can give you my manager's name if you need it to add to the ticket. And he starts slowly changing his tone and he gets my information. And what's your computer name? I don't have a computer name. I'm remote. I'm remote too. And I have a computer name. What's your computer name? So this is a personal device. Personal device? Yeah, it's personal device. Fuck. Finally get this shit, get my ticket number and incident number. And I'm like, I'm going to find him. I'm going to find him in the system once I get in. Che. Jay's coming for you, Che. Oh, man, I wish I would have. I wish I was a director or something. His ass would be grass. His ass would be would be Arizona grass in the summer that hasn't been watered in three weeks. Dry as fuck. And burning. That's what it would be. But there's... There's certain ways to handle people. I mean, what has this world gone to? Either you can be the awesome American Airlines lady at the counter. First off, and I've talked about this, but it's been a couple of years. First off, can we stop getting mad at the people at the airport and the people who work for the airlines? I heard that they're down 10,000 pilots across the United States. Can you imagine how many flights that is a day? Because everyone's flights getting delayed or canceled, and it's just... Flying is a risk. 
it is a freaking risk. And never book a flight. Make sure it's not the last flight of the day. I don't care how much time you want to have before you do it. Just don't do it unless you can afford to possibly be delayed a day or two. It's not the first time this has happened to us in the pandemic era. We had a flight in in Florida, actually. We flew JetBlue. Last time we were ever going to fly JetBlue, they just decided to cancel the flight. We were stuck in there for two days because they didn't have another flight for two fucking days. But guess who had to use all their Hilton points on two very nice suites at a very nice resort? This guy. So every time I think about that, I think about all my precious points that I worked so hard to gain. Bye-bye. But what happened to customer service? I bet everybody listening to this has some sort of a weird, funky customer service experience. And I feel like it's even worse with the pandemic. It's nuts. By the way, I turned the uh, Explorer in, and my wife yelled at me for that when we were in Toronto. What? I can't believe we wasted hours doing this. We don't even need a car. It's like, look, I don't, I don't know. Man, like I said, the last time we were in Toronto, we don't, man, it, we, it was 2004. We didn't have, let me slow down. Here's the deal. And I've said this on the last episode. I'm going to say it again with a little more detail. We haven't been in Toronto in a long time. We don't really remember much about it. We remember going to the CN Tower. We remember going to the zoo. And we remember going to Castle Loma. I think I said that right. But we were talking about this last weekend. It's like, where did we stay? We couldn't remember. Where did we eat? We couldn't remember. I couldn't remember one meal from the last time we were in Toronto together. And she couldn't either. And I think it's really weird. But man, we're in a completely different tax bracket. Like we had just got married. We Like most people, when they just get married, you, just, you don't have anything. And it's almost... You know, it's, it's 19 years ago. And we're not rich, but we sure as hell aren't poor. I think we were probably lower middle class at that time. Barely. And now I I think we're categorized as kind of upper middle class. And there's a big difference between lower and upper middle class. Upper middle class tells you you can go to the West End. Upper middle class says you can book a Sheraton at the airport without... You know, we could have gotten in a hotel a lot cheaper, but not at 6.15 in the morning. The Toronto airport is huge. We would have had to go. We might as well have not even gone to bed. If we would have booked one of the hotels that are a mile down the road, there's no way. There's no way. From the things that we drink, we're deciding where we want to go to eat. And we had a hot dog cart, which, by the way, contact tracing. I think that's where my wife gave me Rona. We bought a hot dog five Canadian dollars right in front of the hotel. I remember I took a bite, took a bite. I took a bite, took a bite. Everybody's sick three days later. God damn it. But yeah, we ate, we could eat wherever we want to eat within reason. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't have $500 meals. That's ridiculous. I draw the line at 400. But no, we, you know, we, we, when we go out and eat, Especially on vacation, it's not uncommon for us to spend one hundred eighty to two hundred fifty bucks on on a single you know dinner. It's not breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But it took a long time to get to that point, and it's just it's funny that you can go to the same city eighteen years apart and not remember hardly anything. But yeah, what 
What happened to customer service? I grew up in customer service. I've had face-to-face over the phone. I've done repos. I've done bouncing, security manager. Conflict resolution is one of those things. Sometimes I can't even do it in my own house, but I think it's a skill, but, you know, what's, I don't know. You guys have a bad customer service experience story? Let me know. Hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. I think we should talk about some cars, maybe. Speaking of cars, got some big news. Got some big news. Don't want to jinx it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week on next week's episode. I hope I hope if if I do have a week, an episode next week, I need a break. I haven't taken a week off in a long time. But there's a big news, and I don't think I can afford to take a week off. But I will be in South Carolina next weekend when the next episode drops. Going to try to record it between this episode and the next couple of days because I'm leaving town Wednesday. This is Monday. You guys are listening to this, hopefully. Numbers are down a little bit. You guys need to spread the word. Let's get us car news. <laughs> Stealing this from Motor Biscuit. The, uh, the headline kind of caught me here. High gas prices. Is it cheaper to ride a horse than drive a car? It's interesting, the photo they use here. It's a, it's a horse and a 2022 Ford Explorer. You know, the car I rented for two and a half weeks when I was in, uh, in Canada. There's a site called Heels Down. They did a cost breakdown to determine what's more expensive to own, a horse or a car. For the cost ownership breakdown, heels down, compare the average yearly cost of driving a car versus the annual average cost of riding a horse. The site, based on data from KRQE News, stated that on average, the average yearly expense for driving a car included $5,000 for gas and $1,000 for insurance. For maintenance, the average annual cost is $1,000, so that's $7,000. For the annual cost of riding a horse... Heels Down was more thorough. It listed four primary expenses, boarding, health costs, sales price, and, and tack equipment. For boarding a horse, the average cost is 502000 The variance is due to the level of fanciness that you want for the boarding, as well as how much drought and gas are affecting hay prices any given month. In its analysis, KRQE News stated that it will cost an average of $3,000 to buy a horse. Is it? That's it? That's all horses are is $3,000? Like, aren't aren't dogs like $3,000? Like, I think if you bought a brand new Frenchie, I think it's like two grand. Alex, how much does a brand new Frenchie cost? I think a Yorkie was like $1,500. Not Izzy, he was like $300. Seriously. Years ago. Thirteen and a half, but still. $3,000? Like, what kind of horse are you going to get for $3,000 if you can buy a dog for $1,500? The site stated that averaging $3,000 off track, no training thoroughbred from five years ago is now $12,000. Okay. All right. Now we're talking twelve grand for a horse. Let's skip down to the end of this. This is, I don't, this is not, this is, this isn't interesting anymore. Well, here we go. So when you add everything up, it's cheaper to drive a car than ride a horse, even with the high gas prices. Based on the data from KRQE News, the average annual cost of driving a car is seven thousand, while the yearly cost of riding a horse is ten. So it looks like they they threw away acquisition price because that's all over the place. Like, are we talking a, a little egg Toyota Yaris versus a an Arabian thoroughbred? Probably. I don't know if you guys saw the video. I saw this. 
There's a, there's a video of a Corvette C8 driving through flooded Florida street, like a submarine. Like this thing is probably six eighths underwater. And that thing just keeps on moving. How does it keep on moving? Well, first off, the water doesn't get sucked into the, into the intake yet. But as far as you think it'd come up with the exhaust, but no, the exhaust has back pressure. So as long as the vehicle is on and you're still moving, then the water does not have a chance to go up the exhaust pipe. Cristiano Ronaldo crashed his $2 million Bugatti Veyron Grand Sport in Spain. And finally, the world's most expensive car sells for $143 million, Mercedes 300 SLR. Take a look at this. This was a an ultra-rare 1955 Mercedes. Olenhout Coupe? I don't know. It's a racing prototype, one of just two in the world. Sold for $143 million at an invite-only auction conducted by R.M. Sotheby's at the Mercedes-Benz Museum in Stuttgart. Wow. This topped the previous record of a 1962 Ferrari 250 GO that fetched over $48 million in 2018. $48 million to $143 million. This, is almost, this almost topped the Ferrari by $100 million. Think about that. A car. Like $90-something million more than the previous record. More. Not 90 million, 90 million more. That's insane. And that is the car news. <laughs> Wanna think right Honda and right Toyota at Scottsdale, Arizona, four wheel online.com, self shop wireless services, and Fountain Hills Motorsports. Patreon business supporter Cool Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, and Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month to get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Speaking of show swag, I just sent out a bunch of stickers, like high-quality stickers. Uh, people got keychains, coasters. I love the coasters. Again, we have the T-shirts, heartparkingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to see them, join the Heartparking Violations Facebook group, and you can see those. Or just, I don't know, hit me up or just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Special thanks to Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alice Camina, and Drew Bunkley for being patrons. Follow me on Instagram at jfenning, that's J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G, or jtravels, J-H-E underscore travels. I'm almost done with the Ford Explorer video. I've almost, this would have been the first time I could complete a video within a week of talking about it or renting it. The problem is my Adobe Premiere Pro shit on me a few times and start having all these weird issues and it's not making me very happy right now again I got some potential big news coming by the time the next episode comes out hopefully I'll be able to share it spread the word on this podcast though if you really like it tell people hey you know what you should try out you, there's a podcast those two called hard parking Jay Finning guy's great he's awesome and he's funny just that he does shit a little differently and i think you're gonna enjoy it i enjoy it can't live without it check it out tell him i sent you maybe he'll send you something our podcast at gmail.com but seriously folks i can't grow that you're telling the world how good this show is so let's do this let's grow the scene together talk to you all next week i am happy to be home even though i'm turning around and leaving again a beater shut up <laughs>